best thing that I have with me, I am ready to give it up because God asked for it. And that was a sign to God that Abraham feared me. So if you want to show to God that I fear you, I respect you, I honor you, do what Abraham did. Obey God to the letter. Obey God to the fullest. Obey God in whatever he's asking of you to do. That is a sign to God that this my daughter fears me or this my son fears me. Not that this my daughter is in love with me. We like the love part, but I am talking about the fear part. I'm talking about the fear part. And then we saw it in the life of Obadiah where the Bible says Obadiah was talking to the prophet Elijah and he said that I have been, I, I have been a God-fearing person from my youth. And haven't you been told that when Jezebel wanted to kill the prophets, I myself, I hid 100 prophets. I protected 100 prophets. I put 50 in one cave and I put 50 in another cave. And I provided food and water. And he said I provided bread and water for them. So we learned that if you want to show that you fear God, because Obadiah was telling, um, 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 he was telling Elijah that I fear God. That's the reason why I did it. The reason why I hate the prophets, the reason why I protected the prophets is because I feared God. And what we went into was that if you want to tell God or show God or show me that you fear God, protect his prophets. Protect his prophets. And protection or preserve his prophets. We saw it in three forms. Preservation is in protection. So we said protect the prophets of God. Protect them. How do you protect the prophet of God? How do you protect the prophet of God? By not opening your mouth to say anything you feel like saying about the prophet of God. And by not allowing anybody to say anything they feel like saying about the prophet of God. You protect the prophet of God. And we say you pray for the prophet of God. It is preservation. Pray for the prophet of God. If you are praying for your prophet, you are showing to God and it's a sign that you fear God. And then the third thing was that uh, provide for your prophet. So it was pray. It was um, protect and it was provide. Those three things is a sign of preservation. And to God, it's a sign that this, my child, fears me. That's the reason why when I see people doing anything on Facebook, putting anything out there on Facebook, saying anything on their status about men of God, I get scared. Because you are not telling the man that he's a fool. You are telling God that I don't fear you. And it is God who appointed the man. It wasn't a, it wasn't a Jew man who appointed him. It wasn't your mother or your father who appointed it. was You didn't even appoint the man. So you are not the one who is supposed to be judging the man that God has appointed. Allow God to be the judge of that man. Your job is to fear God and so you pray for him. Your job is to fear God so you protect him. Your job is to fear God so you provide for him. Why is it important to even protect the man of God? Look, understand that these men of God and these women of God, they also have family. They also have children. They also have husbands and wives. So as you insult them, their children see. As you insult them, their children hear. Just as you don't want anybody to stand up there and insult your father and your mother and pull your mother down just because of one mistake or something that she didn't even do. Don't repeat it on any man of God. Rather, protect them. Rather pray for them and rather provide for them so that God will also look at you like he saw Obadiah and preserve his life. Are you understanding me? And then we saw about the third person was Nehemiah. 
we saw in Nehemiah another dimension of the fear of God. And in Nehemiah, we saw also that Nehemiah was different from everybody else. So what does it mean? If you want to show your fear for God, be different. Don't go with the flow. Don't do what everybody does. Look, I, I remember when, when, when the announcement was made that we should come back to church, I saw a lot of um, communicate on Facebook. We are not meeting. 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 I could also have said that we are not meeting. First of all, I called my leaders. I said, what are we doing? They gave the advice. I went to God. What are we doing? I got it. I went to my fathers. Before I made a decision. Even though I had seen so many people, we are not meeting, we are not meeting out there. I could have also said that, you know what? Follow the crowd. Let's shut it down. Follow the crowd doesn't build anything. So we decided to follow what God wants us to do and we are following. Are you understanding me? So we are being different in fear for God. We are being different. By fearing God, we are being different. By fearing God, we are setting ourselves apart. Nehemiah set himself apart. So when you fear God, you are not like every other wife. When you fear God, you are not like every other husband. When you fear God, you are not like every other businessman. You are, when you fear God, you are not like every other person. You act differently. Let somebody say that these people are very different. It's a sign. It's a sign. Let somebody look at you and say, that, no, no, no. This one, no. Or oh, you're different. It's different from the rest. Let somebody look at you and because of your fear for God, say that this one I would like to marry because this one is a very different girl in the midst of the congregation. Are you here? Then the next thing that we learned under Nehemiah, I'm going all the way because most of you were not on Facebook watching. Then the next thing we learned on Nehemiah was that he was, um, he was focused. He was focused. He says that I did not do anything. I built the wall. He says, I didn't, I didn't buy land. I didn't go sightseeing. I didn't go to the mall. I didn't forget about what God had told me. God told me that I should come and build a wall. And when I came, it is the wall I came to build. I didn't go left. I didn't go right. What has God told you that you are supposed to do that you have stopped doing because you have been distracted? Your distraction is a sign that you don't fear the person who gave you the assignment. Your destruction is a sign that I don't care about the person who gave me the assignment. When the president of Ghana calls you and gives you an assignment, you will never sleep until you have finished the assignment. Why? Because you respect him. Why? Because you fear him. Why? Because you honor him. When your boss calls you with an assignment, you will not sleep until you have delivered the assignment. Why? You fear him. You respect him. You honor him. When God gives you an assignment, you want to ask, is it, is it God? Is it possible? Can it be done? Why? You don't fear him. You are not humble to him. And you don't respect him. When you begin to fear God, when he gives you an assignment, you don't wait for him to talk twice. The people that you fear, respect, honor, and love, when they talk to you, it is once and you are moving. Once, I want this thing to be done, you are moving. Can you do this for me? You are moving. But when you don't care about the person, they will have to talk ten times. That's why when you hear somebody who says that, God has been speaking to me about this for about a year. I'm trying to see what I can do. Know that you have met somebody who doesn't fear God. For God to be talking to you for one year, on one thing, and you are not doing it, do you fear God? So Nehemiah says that, I concentrated on the, on the wall. I focused on the wall. Where is your focus? Show your focus and we'll know who you fear. 
If your focus is God, we know you fear God. If your focus is your wife, we know it's your wife you fear. If your focus is your marriage, we know it's your marriage that you revere. If your focus is your business, we know where your fear is. Are you in the church? Are you happy to be back? I'm happy to have you. I'm preaching. I'm preaching myself happy. The third thing we learned about Nehemiah is that it's expensive, the, the, the fear of God. The fear of God is expensive. It will cost you something. Nehemiah talked about how many people he was feeding. He talked about how many animals he had to kill. He talked about the people that he had to take care of just because he feared God. He feared God. As for you, you don't want to sacrifice anything for God. Your sacrifice is a sign of how much you fear God. You don't want to sacrifice your time. You say, I fear God. You don't want to sacrifice your talent. You say, I fear God. You don't want to sacrifice your money. You say, I fear God. You don't want to sacrifice your energy. You say, I fear God. You are not willing to give anything for the kingdom, anything for ministry, anything for God. And you keep saying, I fear God. One of the things that you can do to show I fear God is when you begin to sacrifice something for the God that you fear. And I'm not calling for your money. I have not, I'm not calling for your money. Because for some of you, the sacrifice of money is nothing to you. For some of you, but for some of you, your energy is what you have. Sacrifice it. For some of you, your wisdom, your knowledge, your intelligence is what you have. Sacrifice it. For some of you, it is your gift of singing. Sacrifice it. For some of you, it's your gift of dancing. Sacrifice it. For some of you, it's your gift of preaching. Sacrifice it. Don't only look at sacrifice in terms of money. There are more things that can work in the kingdom of God than money. If only God can have you, he has everything. But the problem is that we are struggling for God to have us. We cannot release ourselves into the hands of God because we are afraid that we will lose. We are afraid of the future. We cannot be sure. But I came to tell you, there's only one person that you can be sure of in this life. And it's not your job. It's not your boss. It's not even your husband or your wife. It's not your father or your mother. It is the one and only king of kings. The one and only lord of lords. One and only Jehovah God. One and only Yahweh. One and only mighty God. He's the one and only person that you can sacrifice your time, your life, your everything to and you will never regret it. So if you want to show my fear for God, sacrifice to him. It will cost you something. Fearing God is not cheap. It's not cheap. Sure. Look at somebody like um, um, what that man again, Obadiah, who is almost sacrificing his life to save 100 people that Jezebel want to kill. Jezebel was one of the greatest witches that ever lived. One of the most wicked people that ever lived. Somebody who can alone sit in her castle and pollute their husband to kill somebody and take their garden. 
That's the person. And Jezebel, every Jezebel is a manipulative spirit. Jezebel is a controlling spirit. Jezebel is a witchcraft spirit. Jezebel manipulates, it controls, it just turns people's minds and it tries to take charge. And Obadiah said that I stood and fought against Jezebel because I wanted to protect these hundred prophets. You think it didn't cost him? I am sure it almost cost him his life. That he said that if I die, I die. I have to do something for God. When are you going to get to the point where you would say, if I die, I die. If I don't survive, I don't survive. The three or four Hebrew boys who were found in the flame of fire, what did they say? They said that I will not bow to you because our God will save us. But even if he doesn't do it, you cannot fear God without making a sacrifice. You cannot fear God without getting to the point of if I die, I die. You can't. You can't fear God without getting to that point. That point we must get there. That for, for, for to me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. It means that I am ready for me. Me but me see Are you understanding me? So that was what Nehemiah got to. He said that it will cost you something. Then last week we started talking about benefits or profits. Take your seat. I'm just finishing in 10 minutes. I just did the introduction. Last week we started talking about the profits of fearing God. You know we are saying that you must sacrifice something. We are saying that you must give away something. We are saying that you must become obedient. We are saying that you must do this. You do that. Do the do. Because it is not cheap. Now if it is not cheap, what is the return on investment? When I am investing my energy for God, what am I getting back? When I'm investing my money for God, what am I getting back? When I'm investing my time, what am I getting back? When I'm giving my skill, what am I getting back? When I'm giving everything, what am I getting back? When I'm telling people that I fear God, what am I getting back? So we started looking at, we saw about eight things on Sunday and Tuesday. I'm still not giving you a verse yet. Eh? I'll give you a verse very soon and then we'll finish. I'm sad that we are closing early anyway. So the first thing, the, the first benefit for fearing God is a deeper spiritual insight. You get deep spiritual insights. And I got that from Proverbs 1.7. Deep spiritual insights. He says that the, is, is, the fear of the Lord is the, is the beginning of knowledge. 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 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It is not school knowledge. It's not experiential knowledge. It's not marital knowledge. It's not educational knowledge. It's spiritual insight. Spiritual knowledge. It, because the fear, the fear of the Lord doesn't give you biology. The fear of the Lord does not give you science. It doesn't give you physics. It doesn't give you mathematics. It doesn't give you, it doesn't give you geography. It does not give you piloting. It does not give you, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, civil, civic. It doesn't give you um, um, civil engineering. It doesn't give you architecture. But they said knowledge. Architecture is knowledge. Medicine is knowledge. Business is knowledge. But the fear of the Lord does not give you that type of knowledge. It doesn't give you school knowledge. It doesn't give you experience in marriage. It does not give you that because I have seen people who have experience in marriage who don't fear God. I have seen unbelievers who have been married for 40 years, 50 years. It is not the fear of God that has prolonged their marriage. It is some knowledge that they have about marriage that is helping them. But what I'm telling you is that when you see a a verse like this, Proverbs 1 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It is not the knowledge that the earth gives, 
It's not the knowledge that your teacher gives. It's not the knowledge that you take on the internet. It's not knowledge that you take from a book. Look, you can read the Bible. I will read the Bible. Another person will read the Bible. But the insights that God will give you from the word of God is very different. Why? The difference is in the fear of God. If you hear a man of God preaching and you are asking yourself that this Bible, do we all read it? Are we all reading the same Bible? What it means is that the fear of God on that man is higher than the fear that you have. The more fearful you are of God, the deeper revelation he gives you. The more, look, the more, the more, the more I can trust you. The more you fear me, the more you honor me, the more you respect me, the more I open up to you, the more I share with you, the more I talk to you. I talk to Pastor Prosper and Pastor Abby and, and, and Nesta more than a lot of people. And my wife, I talk to her more. I talk to my wife more than everybody else. Why? Because of the relationship. There's honor. There's fear. There's respect. There's trust. When God feels that from you, he opens up his treasure. He opens up his knowledge box. He begins to draw you in. He begins to pull you in and give you divine insight, supernatural insight. You take the Bible and you are breaking it and people are asking, hey, where our Bible move? No. Our Encyclopedia Britannica. That's when people, I mean, Reverend, Reverend Stood, somebody said that, somebody said that he has not been to Trinity College. He's not done any, any um, Bible school. But the man takes the Bible and he's breaking the word of God. And it's like somebody, a theologian who is breaking the word of God. And I came to see that from this verse, I have come to understand how and why he operates like that. It's because the man has a certain level of fear for God, a certain level of reverence for God, a certain level of humility for the word. He approaches the word hungry and humble and I want to catch something from this word. So he approaches it not like I know what I'm coming to read and I understand but I am looking for something. Father, I fear you and I fear your word. I honor you and I honor your word. Speak to me from your word. Let me draw something from your word. Give me understanding from your word. Give me some message from your word. Tell me something that no man is saying. Tell me something that no woman is saying. So you realize that your messages will not be coming from YouTube. Your messages will not be on Facebook. Your messages, you are not picking it from another man's notebook. You are picking the message from the Holy Ghost notebook. You are picking the message from the mind of God. You are picking the message from the heart of God. You are picking the message from the handwriting of the Holy Ghost. That is why the Bible says that you make my mouth like the tongue of a ready writer. That I can speak a word in season. You cannot speak a word in season when you don't fear God. God gives a word in season to them that fear him. To them that fear him. So you don't fear God. Don't expect a wedding season. That's why some men of God, when they preach, you are like, ah, this is fresh. This is fresh bread. Baked from the oven of heaven. Another one to preach there, you are sitting there. Now we crawl here then. What are they talking about? It's the difference in the fear. I'm just doing revision. Take your seat. I'm just doing revision. Bobo Shida Kadaba. So number one was that. Deeper spiritual insight. Number two, divine wisdom. So if you fear God, you get deeper spiritual insight. Number two, you get divine wisdom. Psalm 119 verse 10. 111 verse 10. Divine wisdom. 
When we fear God, his divine wisdom becomes available to us. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But I can tell you a lot of us are wise. But when it comes to the wisdom that comes from above, you don't have it. It's not common. It's not everybody who has it. There's the wisdom of this world. And the wisdom that comes from above. I told you the last time we, I, I spoke about this thing. That the wisdom that is from this earth, it will help you to build for a period. It will sustain you for a period. Even if it's 200 years, it will come to an end. But the wisdom from above, it will sustain you from eternity until eternity. And the difference is this. The wisdom from this earth, it comes from a book that was written by somebody who can die. It comes from a book that was written by somebody who has feelings. It comes from a book that was written by somebody who doesn't know everything. But the wisdom from above, it comes from one who knows everything. It comes from one who is everywhere at the same time. It comes from one who hears everybody at the same time. It comes from one who is listening to everybody at the same time. It comes from one who was before and is and will forever be. It comes from one who is ageless, timeless, boundless and can never be controlled. So that one that comes from above is not the one that we use like this. So you speak to somebody and the person drops. Look, this message I'm preaching them, it is just bringing me back memories of conversations that I have had with men of God and I leave their presence and I'm like, hey, this man's wisdom is too strange. How does he think about these things? How does he? I was talking to one man of God just when they, they did the lockdown, I was talking to him. And then I said that, you know, they have said all oh, churches should close down. All oh, these places should close down. But they said discos, discos and um, nightclubs, they have left them. And I was not happy about it. He said, man of God, what is your problem? I said, but why are they locking churches and they are not locking discos? He said, the way I see that thing is different from the way you are seeing it. I said, how do you see it? He said that if I have six children... And then something bad is about to happen. And I call five of them into my room. I said, don't go out again. And I don't call one. Who do I not like? Says the one that you didn't lock down. So why are you afraid? You have been locked down because you are loved. Immediately my mind changed. Oh, okay. It's because we are loved. That's why we have been locked down. But the discourse, they have been left that you should should be on your own. You understand? So when I left, I said, ah, this, this kind of thinking... It's not normal. It's not normal. And you talk to them, look, the way they, the, where they would take the thing from, you know that no, this one is God. I met one, of God, one man of God, I was talking to him. I said, how do you reason? He says, I reason from here. You people think from here. I think from here. I said, here, what is there? He says, the spirit. He says, I think from here. I, everything I say and do is by inspiration. You do everything you do is by thinking. May God inspire you into wisdom by the fear of God. And then I looked at Job 28, 28. Look, I'm finishing. I've not entered my, my message for today. Job 28, 28. Look at that again. And to man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord. That is wisdom. The fear of the Lord is not even the, to Job, it's not even the beginning of wisdom. It is wisdom. So you want to be wise, fear God. God, the fear of the Lord is wisdom. Or better still, if I understand it properly, what he's trying to say is that only wise people fear God. Or if you see a wise man, it's because the man fears God. 
Amen. Let me give you my um, original verse and then I'll close. If God permits, next week we'll continue. It's not my fault that our time is up. Psalm 2 verse 10 and 11. Psalm 2 verse 10 and 11. Psalm 2 verse 10 and 11. The Bible says that, Now therefore be wise, O kings. Now therefore be wise, O kings. If you are king, be wise. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. If you are a judge, be, be instructed. So if you are a king, be wise. If you are a judge, be instructed. Serve the Lord with fear. Give me that verse. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Serve the Lord fearfully and rejoice with trembling. My last words to you today is that serve the Lord, but serve him with fear. Serve the Lord, but serve him with fear. Serve the Lord, but serve him with fear. Because it is wisdom. Because it is safe. And then it says, even in your rejoicing, be trembling. Don't just go ahead. Even, even, even next week, if God gives us time and we are coming to dance, you dance trembling. You don't dance. Sometimes when you look at people, how they dance in church, you are wondering, is this one, this one, they fear God at all. Now, when so, we, we don't fear God. I said, if you fear God, you know, go do that kind of dance. Who's throwing You use your waist alone to dance. Are you in the church? God bless you. Thank you very much for coming. So as you go home, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Amen.